Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Champions League has taken another dramatic turn. Liverpool are out and Atletico Madrid are through. It's been a dramatic and pulsating week of Champions League action. David Wiener with you for this episode of the Gagabot to talk all about it, and I'm joined by John Aloisi and Thomas Sorensen to do so. Let's get stuck in. And breathe. Boys, how are we traveling after that morning? Liverpool out. Borussia Dortmund out, Paris Saint-Germain through, Atletico Madrid through to the quarterfinals. Let's just jump straight into it because we've got so much to talk about. John, your reaction to Atletico Madrid knocking Liverpool out. Unbelievable. Doesn't it open it right up in terms of who can win this competition? Because you, you look at it and Liverpool have been the best team in Europe, in the world the last year. And I thought they were very, very good this morning. I thought they deserved to win the game in 90 minutes, but not just 1-0. I thought they had a number of chances to, to run away with it. And the difference was Oblak and Adrian. What do you think, Thomas? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's definitely a, a tale of, of, of the two keepers for sure. Um, and that that's where the focus will be because, you know, I totally agree with you, uh, John, there that, you know, Liverpool were actually amazing. Uh, I thought they pushed uh, Atletico back uh in the second half, especially in extra time, and it looked plain sailing when they scored. The, you know, Firmino scored the, the second goal, and uh, you couldn't see a way back for Atletico. But that what's happened in, in football. You got a, a goalkeeper who hasn't played a lot of football, um, hasn't touched the ball for a hundred minutes. It's a cold, wet night, and then suddenly you get a back pass. It's not a perfect back pass, but but you have to deal with it. And and he shanks the shot and. And then he backtracks and, and gets a little bit out of balance, jumps just as he shoots and slips. Um, it was just a you know a horrible thing for, for him and for Liverpool because it, it fell at the wrong time. As a, as a former goalkeeper, do you look at that when that happens and do you have sympathy for him? Or do you go, at that level, that's just not good enough? Now, of course it's not good enough, but uh, I have sympathy because I, I've been in, in exactly that position as well. You know, you just want to, you know, get a shovel out and, and start digging and just jump in that hole because it, it's it's horrible. And, and now the the reaction and he'll get a lot of blame. Um, but that's that's the, that's the position. That's, that's the things you have to live with. You know, in the Super Cup, he was the hero. He saved penalties. Um, now he'll get, uh, you know, ridiculed for this one. And, uh, you know, that's... That's that's the game, and and it cost Liverpool. So said on the broadcast that the the value of Allison is that in since two thousand seventeen and eighteen, Liverpool still have the most errors from goalkeepers, leading to goals. Not one from Allison. It's three from Carrius, one from Adrian. On the flip side, Jan Oblak, more saves than anyone in a game in an, in, in the Champions League this season. Unbelievable. Um, is was he the difference tonight? And a debate between the two of you: is he the best in the world? 
I think he's the best in the world. I, I actually think that. And tonight he showed. I know that uh, on air, Mark Swartz has said, look, there's a couple of occasions he probably could have caught the ball. But you mentioned, Thomas, that it was a bit windy. So he, what you have to do is stop the ball from going in the back of the net, first of all. Second of all, get it away from danger. And he did that most of the time with his clearances, with his punches. And, uh, and then you, you say that also gives that much confidence to your defenders around you. So when crosses are coming in, they, they know, that they, they feel confident that uh, if they can't stop the cross or they can't actually clear the, 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 the cross coming in, you've got a goalkeeper that will probably bail you out anyway. Um, so he was the difference. Let's not take anything away from Liverpool and, and their star players tonight. I thought Wijnaldum was very, very good. You know, the first goal, um, but then then after the second goal, how he beat uh, the defender on the sideline and gave a great cross uh, for Firmino. Um, he, he was outstanding uh, all night. Oxlade-Chamberlain was very good in the first half. He ran out of legs, as you expect, in the second half. Um, but uh, I uh, Henderson did well. It just the, the energy they had in this game, they haven't played like that for a while. I, I, I You know, they were unlucky. Yeah, and they, they created enough chances. Uh, you know, you, you look at Robertson hitting the crossbar, mm. you know, uh, on a header. Um, and your Mane overhead kick probably should hit the target. So so they had the chances to, in, in, in the 90 minutes, to, to seal the game off. And, and that's probably what they'll look back upon. Because, you know, you always have a chance to, you know, to make a mistake. Um, but they had enough chance to, you know, to have avoided that situation and and you know it, it in a way it's sad if you know I feel for them because they they did play extremely extremely well so it sounds like the answer to a question of could Klopp have done anything differently the answer will be no but was it a Diego Simeone masterclass or did they ride their luck, so to speak? They rode their luck. They, they definitely rode their luck. You have to say you need that luck to win such a competition because it's knockout and, uh, and, and you know, it doesn't matter. Like in, the, in the league title race, you, know, you can't keep on winning games like that. But in a knockout competition, and you look at Real Madrid when they won it three times in a row, they had their luck. Zidane you know, had a lot of luck against certain oppositions where they, they got outplayed and they had to count on their keeper. Uh, to, to, to make them a lot of saves and, and, and Atletico Madrid you know they did that I, I don't think Klopp could have done anything else I actually thought that they he got it tactically right leaving Salah a little bit wider um, giving more space for Chamberlain Chamberlain was getting Oxley Chamberlain was getting positions all the time either in between the lines in, in little pockets and or in behind the defenders and that's where the first goal came from was that run in behind and 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 actually turn them round cross comes in and one out and comes in with a great header yeah you know again I, I, I totally agree um, you know the, these big matches are sometimes decided by by small you know margins and and tonight yeah you know you, the energy that uh, Atletico brought and I thought actually in the start of the game I was surprised that they, they mm. you know from both teams really but but just the you know the the, the defensive press and, and just winning the ball back you know I thought uh, you know the amount of miles or kilometers that the Atletico players ran and they did really well to keep the crosses wide and high because mm. uh, it's easier for the defenders to you know to get in position and, and uh, keep the strikers as soon as we saw with the first goal it goes to the byline defenders tends to then creep towards the goal and that's exactly what happens Wijnaldum is, is smart he, he just checks his run, he, he drops back out and then he's totally free and, and the, the communication between the defenders 
it's not quite right, and uh, and they score. So Atletico rode their luck, but Simeone did make a really interesting change on the hour with Diego Costa coming off for Lorente. And in the end, when you think about the, the goal that punished uh, Adrian, Henderson, Gomez, they were, they were tied. Maybe Costa wouldn't have provided the same challenge to them. So marks for Simeone for those changes? Yeah, of course. He, he made the right changes at the right time, even though Costa wasn't happy coming <laughs> off. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and nor yeah. should any player be happy coming off. But, uh, you know, Simeone, he knew what he was looking for. Llorente has been good for him in the last couple of months. He, he's a goal-scoring midfielder that had the energy, had the legs to get up there because, you know, you, you look at it, uh, it was going to be difficult for Saul uh, to, to get forward like that whereas Llorente was able to get forward and um, and then you know the finish was, was brilliant the, the second one not the first one the first one we know that Adrian could have done better but the second one um, the way he turned back in onto his right foot and put in the bottom corner that was uh, superb Cholismo or Colismo I'm not sure how you pronounce it the Simeone uh, brand of football um, is it back is this a revival is this a last breath what is this? And you, and you you follow it closely, La Liga, and they're fifth. It's been a they've drawn more than they've won. Um, is this a, like a last stand for him or something more? No, I don't think Cholo's ever gone away in terms of the way he wants his teams to play, and he's got a, a, a clear idea of how he wants his teams to play. And they they're not a team that just always sits off. You saw in the first half they actually pressed Liverpool. They actually played out of tight areas. They they, they actually were good on the ball, one two touch play. He's got players that are good enough in Jao Felix who I thought was good for a long period of the game tonight, um, that, that can actually create chances. They're not a team that just has to park the bus. Don't let, Liverpool made them drop back deeper and deeper because of the way they were playing. Um, but Atletico Madrid uh, are always going to be dangerous under Simeone because the energy he brings in terms of the way he's on the sideline, the, the way he gets his players motivated, the way he gets his crowd, the, mm. the, the, his own supporters backing at the, the players. Um, you know, they, they've been there for a long period and, um, and Simeone is not going to go away. Could this be their year? They've been bridesmaids plenty of times before. Geez, it'd take, what is it now, three more, four more massive halls to get there. You know, again, uh, you know, it's opened up. Um, you know, now we'll, we'll see what happens in, in the rest of the games. Um, you know, I think, you know, you look at PSG as well. They'll look and say, you know, actually, you know, now Liverpool are out. They were probably the big stumbling block for a lot of teams and a lot of teams wouldn't want to face them and, and they're not there anymore. Um, so, you know, again... I, I, I find it hard to believe that Atletico can can you know can go right to to the final and and win. Uh, I, I still think you know defensively, I still think they're not the same team that they were a couple of years ago when they lost to Real Madrid twice. I think it was twice in a row. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, they got Oblak, but he can't keep pulling these things out of the bag. And and um, yeah, I think just attacking wise, I think that there's just something lacking that um, it's not gonna in my view, take them all the way to the to the cup. By the way, you mentioned All Black. Did what was your verdict on best in the world or not? <laughs> you know, he's definitely up there. You know, and he has been. Uh he's been under a little bit of radar under you know for, for a fair few years. If he's not, who is? You know, I'm I'm just a fan of, of Test Egan. I think he he's a very, very good goalkeeper. Um you know there are goalkeepers around that are that are up there and I think, you know, Oblak different types of goalkeepers. Different. He's a more Oblak I would say he's he's more like me a little bit old school, um, you know, not great with his feet, um, but but he does the simple things. And and you mentioned it earlier, 
it's about saving the ball. You know, we, we can talk about, yeah, the goalkeeper needs to be good with his feet and, you know, it's all good. But at the end of the day, you need to play to the conditions. You need to get the job done. And, yeah, he punched a few times. He, you know, he, but I, it, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's, a, it's about keeping it out of the net. And, and uh, Adrian tried to play out and didn't work. So, you know, um, th- there's, there's only like one solution. That's keeping it out of the net. <laughs> so that's it for Liverpool. We, we, their Champions League campaign is done. And before we move on to the game, it's the inevitable question everyone's going to be asking. We have to ask it is what does that do for the context of the season? Is it, it's a bit bizarre that they got what they've dreamt of for 30 years and people are poking holes in it still, but they have been knocked out of the Champions League today. The reason why people are poking holes is because the, the great sides of the past uh, have won trebles, have won doubles, and they're not going to win a double. You know, They're not going to win the FA Cup and, and, uh, and the league title. Um, let's not take anything away from winning the league title because that's a massive goal for them. Haven't won, they haven't even been in, well, they've been in contention, but they haven't won it for 30-odd years. So for them to win that is massive. But the team and the way they've been playing over the last year, they deserve to win more. And they deserve to be going down in history as a double-winning side or a treble-winning side. They haven't been able to do that, and that's why people are poking holes. Yeah, and, and because people were talking about an all-time great season, uh, you know, that that's where it's sort of falling a little bit from invincibles, uh, you know, trebles. Uh, you know, now, yeah, it, it'll be a great Premier League win, you know, with one of the biggest margins ever, um, so consistent over so long. Uh, and, and, and again, you can't take anything away from that. But when people have been expecting perfection, uh, I think that's where, you know, it's just taken a little bit of the, the sort of uh, sprinkle off. Uh, but again, you know, I'm thinking they'll be plenty happy. And I think they were said on you know TV this morning that... You know, had you asked the Liverpool fans before yeah. the season, you know, they would have taken the, the Premier League. It's funny. I don't know where I've read this quote, so apologies if I've stolen it from you, but they added one of the greats, but they had the chance to redefine greatness. And I think that's kind of where they're at. I think I thought that was a really nice summary of what they could have done with that undefeated run or another trophy, but instead they will be discussed amongst one of the great Premier League teams going forward. Moving on, Paris Saint-Germain Dortmund. I was expecting a little bit more from this game. Maybe the closed doors had something to do with it. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain were just utterly professional in a rarity for them it was a great team performance yeah and I, and I was a little bit disappointed with with Dortmund it, it, it seemed like they came with a just a you know just happy to contain and and you know sit on that 2-1 lead from from the first game and um, and they really just handed you know the incentive to to PSG yeah they they played well um, and then made a massive mistake, I think, for the first goal. Hummels, uh, he's in that free spot in the middle on, on the corner. Di Maria swings it in and, and I don't know what he's doing. Oh, we didn't talk about it enough on air because we didn't get time mm. because of the Liverpool game was so entertaining and that's so much to talk about. But you're right, Hummels is standing in that, uh, that zonal area on the six-yard box in the middle. You're there to attack the ball. He goes forward too early, anticipating that the cross is going to come a little bit lower. He mistimes the ball, and then Hakimi loses Neymar. But what a story for Neymar because you know at beginning at the beginning of the season, everyone was saying, you know, will Neymar stay? Will he go? Then there's uh, all this commotion that the supporters are against him. But come the big game, up steps Neymar. Yeah, mm. In the first leg as well, he scored a goal mm. that uh, actually gave him that opportunity to have, uh, if it wasn't 2-1, they probably would have 
being the bridge too far for him. But uh, that goal was important. Now this one, uh, who's to say that uh, they're not going to get stronger? Because what they did look and they haven't looked is they looked very solid defensively. Uh, Dortmund did not create a a clear-cut chance. I thought that at the back they were very good. In midfield they were good. Neymar worked hard. When Mbappe came on he worked hard. Cavani was working Mm. hard. And it wasn't just the back four, it it was front to back. It's a big endorsement for Tuchel to get these superstars. He didn't start uh, Icardi. Mbappe was under a, a, a health cloud, but he came on a bit later. But still, Cavani was back in. Um, I think to get this galaxy of stars playing as a team is quite an endorsement against his former club as well. Yeah, and especially with, with all the things that have been going on with, you know, before the season. And, uh, you know, it seems there's like rumours that Mbappe is also sort of you know, uh, crowned himself uh, in that dressing room. And, 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 you know, he's only young and, and, yeah, he's won the World Cup. But but you still have to focus and get better all the time. So I think it's, it's a great achievement. And, and there was a l- so much riding on this game for the club. Yeah. You know, for, for Tuchel, uh, as a manager, he probably would have been out the door. Then what happens to yeah, Mbappe, Neymar, all these things, probably a total revamp of, of the team going forward if, if, if they'd gone out. So now suddenly they've cross that hurdle that they haven't been able to cross for, for a long time. And, and now, you know, Liverpool out, you know, who, who knows what, what's going to happen uh, next week. And it, well, it's a chance. What you did see, and, and you saw with the celebrations, and not, not only during the game when Mbappe is celebrating so much on the bench where when uh, mm. Neymar scored and then uh, Bernat scored, uh, you, you just, you saw after the game the togetherness. Now, at the beginning of the season, they didn't have that togetherness. Mm. Neymar wanted to not celebrate. Wanted to go off by himself, um, but it, even though they've been partying a little bit, maybe that party sort of style has helped because they, they're going together. They, they, you know, the, the big stars, and you're talking about the big egos like Icardi, um, Cavani, uh, who play in the same position. One doesn't play, one plays. Neymar, Mbappe, they, they, they're going together as a group to celebrate Neymar's birthday or whatever it is. And, and well, he invited the whole city to that. So that, that was, that was, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, there's sure to be a few teammates to turn up. <laughs> what a hard, hard club, hard team to manage. And what a great yeah. job he's, uh, he's done. And it was actually great to see Neymar at the end at the final whistle. There was a bit of emotion. Mm. You know, it, it, it was is that when he dived on the floor, or is I that think it was after. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was he was hurt. I don't it, know. It, but uh, you know, that, it shows that they, they do care. It know? was classic Neymar. He was dead in the first fifteen minutes. His shoulder had popped out. They'd gone and got it from the street and put it back in. Then he scores. Then he gets Chan Emre Can sent off with his provocation. It was really. We didn't touch on it. After his goal celebration, he mocked Haaland's celebration from the previous leg. So it was Neymar 360. But he hasn't played in the knockouts of PSG. That's what they spent 200 million, 220 million euros on. This is his moment right now, really. Yeah, I, I did see, and, and I can't remember who, it was a top manager, um, and I'm pretty sure it was Arsene Wenger, did say PSG have been unlucky that Neymar hasn't been fit in the knockout stages. Neymar fit in the knockout stages, PSG are on another level. They're already a strong side, but Neymar, is, we, we know how good he is. He's one of the best in the world. He's shown it in the past, especially with Barcelona. Now with PSG, they could have an historic year. They're going to win the title. We knew that, mm. but for them that's not enough. They, they're going to be in the final of the, the, the French Cup. Uh, they're gonna. They, they probably will win that, and then you've got the Champions League that it's opened up so much. If they can keep Neymar fit, Mbappe fit, 
they got a massive opportunity here. Mm. Maybe maybe throw a few more birthday parties. I think the joint party for uh, or the carnival. Cavani, Cavani, <laughs> was it Cavani, Icardi, and Di Maria? I think Wanda, uh, Icardi's wife, threw a big party for them, and ever since then it's just all been going smoothly. So very interesting to watch. Very interesting to watch. Opportunity miss for Dortmund, uh, you sense, and maybe they'll go through, uh, miss out on the Bundesliga, miss out on something here, and and. Just quickly on that, I wonder whether that could that cost Faber his job. Is that is, is there wondering no. whether they, I, is he the man to take them to the next level? I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. You have to remember they've got a young side. You know that they, they've got so many young players up top. Um, I think the one that that player that's let them down is Hummels, their most experienced player. Mm. I, I think their young players have been good. Yes, tonight they didn't play uh, as well as they have been playing. Um, uh, this could be a, a blessing. In, in terms of the Bundesliga race because they're the only team, maybe Leipzig, uh, that can catch Bayern Munich and maybe because they don't have to worry about this as much in terms of the uh, in, in, in players being fit enough to play you know three mm. games in a week. Mm. I think they, they might actually take the, the competition with Bayern right to the end. Okay. Interesting. Well, we'll see, and that'll be great because that's a, that's one of the tightest total races going around in Europe at the moment. Uh, yesterday, Wednesday morning, Valencia they went down four th- three to Atalanta. Seven goals in the game, twelve goals in the tie. Expect nothing less from from these guys in Atalanta. What a breath of fresh air they are! Unbelievable to watch. Yeah, no, it's so exciting. Uh, you know, just a you know just the brand of football, the the energy that they um, you know bring to the pitch, and and uh, you know it's a great individual performance from from Ilicic, You know, scoring all goals, and uh, you know Gomez is a, the creator. But just overall, you know, they the, the way they you know just man man all over, and and just you know play to 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 that philosophy, and and uh, it's working in Syria. You know, John, you you, oh. you are right on it, Dave. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Has any other player scored four goals away from home in a Champions League game? No. Ilicic, unbelievable. Yeah. At, at 32, he's getting better and better. At Fiorentina, he was he was decent. But at Atalanta with Gasparini as the yeah. manager, he's gone on to another level. And he's not really an out-and-out goal scorer. He's more of a creative player. And uh, to score so many goals this calendar year yeah. so far, I Fine wine. it's 14. In, in this calendar year. Um, uh, and then you've got the likes of Gomez that uh, is, is more of a, a number 10, that typical Argentinian that can find himself in great positions, set up chances. Then you've got uh, Zabata that's coming back to full fitness now. Um, but that you, you've got Palacic. You, you, but the way that Gasparini gets his teams mm. to play, I, I, they're so fun to watch because you know there's going to be goals very rare will you get a nil or draw with them you uh, they scored seven goals the other week against Lecce and that's the third time this season scored 70 goals in the Serie A Serie A used to be boring <laughs> now Serie A is exciting especially with Atalanta playing and um, it's a great brand of football could he do it with another team in terms of a top side he tried it into Milan didn't work but Atalanta seems to fit him nicely. Is it re- is it a revolutionary style? It, it kind of it's nice to see a team that just doesn't do what everyone else does, and in a way, enforcing other people to try and stop it. It makes it really interesting. Um, y- you do watch it closely. Is it something that is completely different to the norm? Yes and no. Um, why I say yes and no because I haven't seen them defend a lot of teams don't defend like they do in a back five or three you can say they actually will follow uh, their, their striker 
or our midfielder past their own midfielders, which is very rare. So you, you normally see the, uh, teams man-mark in the midfield, some teams, not a lot of teams, but some teams, but a, a defender then to man-mark and follow in, and then sometimes it might not be the, the actual other centre-back that will cover, it might be the midfielder that drops in and covers. So what they do really well, they actually fill each other's spaces really well, and uh, and occasionally you might see the centre-back Overlapping the fullback. That, that, that's just a, 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 one of the things that Gasparini's been able to bring to this side. Um, but uh, another thing that he does well, when they do defend deep, they've got uh, Gomez, Zabata and Ilicic in areas to win the, when they win the ball back. They're their first outlet and they, and they can counter you very well as well. Can they be? Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. In a yes or no, this year's fairy tale. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I don't think any team, you know, because most teams who will go into a quarterfinal against Atalanta will be favourites. And, um, you know, I think they'll suit them nicely. And, uh, you know, the other team will know that they're, you know, what they're up against. You know, it's, it's again, the goal scoring uh, machine and the way they play, it's, it's dangerous. Well, it'd be one hell of a contest if they draw RB Leipzig in the next round. That'll be a thriller minute. And they've gone through, we've spoken about it a fair bit the Nagelsmann v Mourinho, the young master and the apprentice. The apprentice is the man of the moment, um, they were incredibly impressive against a very poor side. Yes, I, I think that Tottenham were poor. Um, and we can and we have to make mention of how many injuries they do have, you know. And, and, and any side that's got their major players out are going to struggle a little bit. And I know Mourinho's coming out now and saying it, but it is a fact. Mm. Um, but they were so outclassed, it, uh, it was disappointing to see because... If you, no matter who you got out there, you shouldn't be getting out class like that. And and I think RB Leipzig really showed how much better they are than Tottenham. You can, uh, Mourinho, <laughs> Mourinho's copped a fair bit because you take out a quote in isolation where he says we couldn't cope, and everyone's comparing him to when Barca, Liverpool misplays against Barcelona and all that. I actually watched his full interview back yesterday, and to be fair, it was actually quite reasonable. He was actually quite calm, and he goes, "We tried to be positive, but I am missing X, Y, Z." But ultimately, there is a mentality too, and he has been making excuses in terms of saying, "I want the season to end," and all that. How much of a factor though is that? If he, if there wasn't the theatre of Mourinho, would there be a little bit more understanding for Tottenham's performance? Uh, it, it's you know he he there's a lot of focus obviously on on everything he says uh, but but I also think that players you know still need to do a do a job um, and and you look at the game you know you look at the goals you know Lloris who's you know one of the best best players on paper you know should come up trump trumps in a game like this and and definitely you know with the forward players that they're missing you know that that should be their strength. And, uh, you know, you can look at both goals and say he could have done better. Aurier, you know, looks really, really bad on, on, on the diagonal where he misses the header. You know, so, and then that's hard for Mourinho, you know, to, to, to account for. You know, it's in individual mistakes. Um, uh, it cost him um, on top of not playing great and not looking that solid, trying a few things, but nothing really coming off. 
offensively. It, it you know, you, you can't overcome that. It's a weird situation because um, it's v- you'd expect Munoz's teams to be at least solid. And this is the worst run of his entire managerial career. Um, Bridgie wants him out. He said, the experiment's over. Third most experiment exp- expensive manager on the planet. Don't give him our transfer kitty in the off-season. Does he warrant another chance? Or has he shown here that maybe, Ned Zellick said it yesterday on the show, that the game's gone past him? I, I think that uh, they will give him another season at least because um, he, he's he's come into a difficult situation. First of all, he's come in uh, when uh, Pochettino left where, where you, you saw the group still liked Pochettino. So it was, uh, and, and they, they were sad to see him go. Then he has major injuries. First of all, Kane, which is a massive mm. loss because they had no one to replace him. And then you got Son that's out. So they all take that into account. Now, the reason why he's probably not as defensive uh, and and he not as solid as what they used to be levy supposedly said to him when he came in we have to excite the fans we have to be more open we have to and and Mourinho's gone in with that thought in mind but they don't look solid at all they they haven't looked solid ever since he's moved in there now under pochettino this season though they weren't great defensively they, they weren't picking up great results. So is it all Mourinho? I'm not saying Pochettino was brilliant for him and, and did an amazing job. There's something that didn't go right in the off-season. And I'm talking about players that didn't want to really be there, weren't re-signing, the Ericsson, Ericsson scenario. Then you had Van Tongen, and then you had Danny Rose. You know, there's too, there was too much unrest. Is that all the manager? I think that's a club situation that they need to make sure they get that right. Mm, do you give him the off season? Do you give him? I, th- I think there'll be also pride and and politics involved here because you know again they've given him, you know, it's going to cost money as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have to you know settle with Pochettino and and if they have to get rid of Mourinho as well, you know that that will be their transfer budget going out the window for him. Um, so you know, I think you, you have to then believe in what you. Decided six yep. months ago, uh, and and give him another go, even though it might cost you. But you know, you got to stick to your guns, I think, and uh, give him at least a chance to to put his side out and maybe get get rid of. You know, it looks like Vertonghen, you know, Alderweireld, maybe past their best. Uh, you know, get get some solid. You know the defenders at least that he he's going to pick uh, in there and, and then build the team. Around we forget Sissoko as well. That's mm. been a big loss in the midfield, and uh, and and so there, there's a number of players that he's had out. He does make ex- sorry, he does have excuses, but he doesn't mind letting us know about them either. I guess that's the that's the theatre of the situation. So Tottenham out, Leipzig, Atalanta, Paris Saint Germain, Atletico Madrid are the first four teams through to the next phase. Just a, a closing word, I guess, on Leipzig and Nagelsmann. How good's he and how long can they hold on to him? Well, he had an opportunity to go to Real Madrid and uh, he turned it down uh, because he said that he wasn't ready yet. So uh, they will hold on to him for a little bit longer. How long? I don't know because he's good enough to go. Not that he's not at the very top now, and, and but no disrespect to Leipzig. They're not a Real Madrid or a Barcelona. Now, th- those clubs there will end up paying any sort of money to bring a top, top manager in. And, uh, you know, we're talking about how good are the German managers at the moment? 
you know, what, what they've been able to do in European football and not only win, but the way they're winning and the way they're playing their football, it, it, it's great to see because it, it went back quite a few years now that uh, the German football, since the 2002 World Cup, where they still made the, the, the World Cup final, but they weren't happy mm. with the way they played. So they, they changed everything and from the academies, from the way that they were going to train their players at, at kids level to the, their managers. And uh, what a breath of fresh air it's been. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens there next week. Uh, Nagelsmann, 32 years old. That's a phenomenal effort. Oh, here's a good yarn. Can't let this one go through to the keeper, of course. That was Mourinho's lashing of Ndombele uh, last weekend where he singled him out. And, of course, that's a, an ironic uh, so that's a big part of his man management. But in this end, it was actually defended by Jamie Carragher, who said actually that uh, Ndombele's performance was nothing short of a disgrace. Look, we've spoken a lot about Mourinho, but I thought this was a, a good opportunity to ask you guys, when did you go weak at the knees when your manager gave you a dressing down, either in public or private, or that you witnessed one that was almost similar to this? You know, again, I've, I've had plenty of dressing downs, <laughs> but in the dressing room, I, I, I don't remember any times where, you know, it's been public. Uh, and, and I think... Uh, I've definitely been uh, pleased with that because you know I, I you know I know when I had a get ba- had a bad game and and sometimes you need to be told and it's you know this it's not a secret but um, when you feel it's it's being used um, for for other purposes uh, you know in the public because sometimes it it's also you know uh, you know don't want responsibility from the manager and it's easy just to point at a player. Um, you know, I, I'm always for you know keeping it indoors because people can see. You know, you know it's not a and let the pundits. I think Jamie Carragher was out in Sky Sports and and gave him a, a dressing down in Dombele because he hasn't been great and everyone can see that. But then when the manager goes out, it undermines. Uh, you know the the squad and and the trust between the manager and the squad and other players will start. You know what does he think about me? You know it's it's it can suddenly just create an avalanche. I don't know how you dealt with it, John, in when you when you were managing. Yeah, I protected the players in the public at all times, even when they were that. And I'm talking about individuals. If you have to criticize as a team, as a collective, yes, in the public because you're you're part of that team. But uh, individuals, you keep that behind closed doors, uh, either in, in front of the group or one on one. And and the players know you you just need to drop a player for them to know, and 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 so do the public. The pundits will know. And and look, it's worked in the past for Mourinho. It's it's part of his strategy, if you want to say that, um, but it hasn't worked recently. Yeah, Man United ended up all unraveling uh, because he, you know, went out and, and uh, started criticising certain individuals like Pogba and Shaw, and uh, and then he loses the changing room. And once you lose the changing room, it, it, you're done. Now with Tottenham, I'm not saying that he's going to lose the changing room because he's after this game he praised them. Uh, you know that they, they give me everything, but when you see them. It, Blame an individual. I, I don't like that. I, I think that you can keep that inside. I, I think that then the players. How can you then expect the players not to come out and criticise you, and 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 or, or criticise one of their teammates because they see you do it, they feel that they can do it, and and I don't think that's right. It was an interesting disconnect after the game yesterday. Not uh, they were. It wasn't um, one. D- 
denying the other, but it was two independent interviews and Deli Ali said we had no excuses and Jose Mourinho comes out and rattles off all the excuses. And I thought it was a really interesting disconnect where the players are still, you know, trying to be positive and trying to be down that line, but but there's another message coming out. So look, the next item on our agenda today was meant to be Manchester City versus Arsenal. Um, and if we look ahead to next week's Champions League games, a preview there would include Juventus versus Lyon. But the world is in a very interesting place at the moment. Right, EO, then give us an answer. So, I'm going to change this up slightly from what's written down in front of you, gents, but I guess I could ask you now, what happens now in football now that a Juventus player has tested positive for coronavirus, Daniel Rugani? I don't think that they can play uh, the Serie A. They, they will suspend the Serie A, that's for sure. Uh, in terms of Champions League, who knows? Do they test every individual in, in at Juventus to see if they are uh, carrying the virus? Um, and then after that, do, do they end up playing at a neutral venue? Where can they play that game? How difficult is it? I, I think at the moment they probably need to suspend the game. How long can they suspend the game for? And will the Italian sides still be involved in future mm. Champions League games? This is this – is, it, it's never happened before. I've, uh, it, what we're witnessing is something unique. Um but, you know, the health is, uh, you know, what everyone's looking for. Italy's gone into lockdown. Bars closed, restaurants closed. Can only go to the supermarket to buy your groceries. So there's panic in Italy and uh, and, and there's panic in, in the Serie A. Not that you want to make light of it, but I did see a, a meme doing the rounds of a, of a waiter serving an espresso with a big shovel and they, 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 they took it from arm's distance away to, to have a life continue to go on. There's a week to decide it. Effectively, um, Juventus and Lyon right now, given that Olympiacos' involvement with their owner meant that Arsenal versus Manchester City was cancelled, so there's degrees of separation and now getting quite intertwined. Right now, the Champions League, it's pretty hard to say what's going to go on. As a player, what would you want to do? Nuno has said, why are we doing this? Pepper said, why are we playing it without crowds? What would you do? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge question, um, but, but sometimes things are just bigger than than sport or you know that you know this is a huge health issue for for the world um you know some countries are are, are taking action obviously it's been been forced uh, you know my country denmark has gone into a two week lockdown now as well and uh, you know i think we'll just see it more and more until you know it starts to you know lessen off and and, and it'll cost um so you know i'll take it seriously um and uh, if you need to postpone stop um you know, I think you have to do it. What happens, just say Syria doesn't get back up and the same for other leagues. What happens? What would you do? What is the fairest and equitable thing to happen right now? Well, as a Juventus supporter, uh, Juventus win the title. <laughs> I don't know. It's too hard. Uh, and I don't know the rules about this and, and what, what's going to happen. All I know is, and we didn't speak about Getafe, the president's come yep. out and saying that, you know, we don't want to play into Milan uh, in Italy. We, we, we can't go to the epicentre of the coronavirus and, and expect that I need to look after my club, my players. And, and fair play to him. He said, I don't care if we lose the game. But we, I'm not sending my players there, mm. and uh, and and that's Hatafe that's never really been in this situation before in Europe, and 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 you know make uh, online to make a quarter final. So it, it is a scare, and he's he's looking after his group and and, and the health of uh, his players. Yeah, but I think in general it's just unprecedented. Like we haven't been. What's the you know what's the collateral here? Mm. Like we're looking, uh, the Euros coming up in the summer, you know. 
when are these games going to be played? How, how do you decide winners? Uh, is it fair that uh, potentially a Juventus, okay, you can't play in the Champions League, but we're going to continue the Champions League because there's also a lot of economic interests. You know, so it's just, like I don't actually want to be uh, the people that has to make these decisions mm. because I don't think you can make anyone happy uh, other than, uh, you know, just shutting everything down and, and you know, you know, just... I don't know <laughs> how you find a solution. Because if it's not going to get, it's not going to get better before it gets worse. So it's if they suspend things for a month, you say, well, okay, what's going to say you can play in a month? So putting a pure sporting hat on, which is so insignificant in the scheme of things, but a decision has to be made. Do Juventus win Syria? Do Barcelona win La Liga as of right now? Do you say asterisk, no competition? What what is as former players? What what would you like to see happen? And, uh, I mean, I guess Liverpool fans hope uh, there's, there's a, a verdict too. Mm. Oh, what I'd like to see happen, I'd like to see that uh, the coronavirus is, is taken care of and, and everyone's looking for that because they want to see, uh, you know, everyone in good health and, and, uh, and we don't have to worry about, you know, not playing and, and playing and whatever else. I, I don't know. As a, as a player, as a supporter does it will it mean much if you win the title or with 10 games remaining does it does it you know or do you just postpone the league as long as possible and then come up with a decision further down the track it's a major headache it is and uh, you know i'm probably you know suspend for maybe a month and then see see how we, how we goes uh, you know see see what the developments are if it's you know if it's easy, easing off or if it's getting worse and worse and worse and and then you know, um, you know, definitely not jump to any rash decisions. Mm. I think uh, uh, would be would be my sort of at least first protocol. I'll ask you about the Derby d'Italia because it was on Monday. It might be the last time we get to talk about Syria or Juventus this year. And I suppose if it is the last we see of Juventus, it was on the best possible note because they were absolutely magnificent. That's the best I've seen Juventus play all season. And and that, that little break that they've had has worked in their favour. Since the, the Leon game, they hadn't played and then they, they, they've gone into training and, and uh, they looked fit, they looked sharp, they, um, they're understanding Sadi, what he wants to do now. I haven't seen Ronaldo run like that for ages, you know, since he was probably a Man United player. Uh, the, the amount of work that he did... Into a good first half, Juventus were brilliant in the second half, and uh, and Dybala's goal was probably the goal of the weekend. It was incredible the way he was able to twist, turn, and then finish it with the outside of his foot. And um, you know the, the the whole issue with that, he, he because there was no supporters at the stadium, he ran to the bench and hugged. And now one of his players has got coronavirus, so it, it, it's it's not great to see and we don't know what's going to happen with Juventus players if any of them uh, mm. or the others will, will be uh, coming down with that as well. Dangerous, ridiculous, murky times uh, there as well. Now, look, we're just going to end off, uh, finish this sentence before we move into the weekend action uh, and just nod to the Matildas overnight who qualified for the Olympics to join the Oli Roos. Massive asterisks there, of course, as well, because Tokyo is another thing with a massive bubble bo- or, um, question mark around it. But let's just pay tribute to that because for the first time in, well, I, I don't remember how long, 2008, we've got two teams at the Olympics. That is a good thing for Australian football. That's a great thing for Australian football. First of all, the boys, now the women, um, look, they deserve to go through because they won comfortably over the two legs. They got 
a little bit lucky against China in, in the previous uh, stage uh, where they scored right at the end, Emily Van Egmond, um, but we're there and now it's preparation for it. We don't know when it's going to be played. We don't know if the Olympics are going to go ahead in the time that they're saying. If it doesn't go ahead, what another headache for the Matildas. They then need to get a new manager, coach, because Ante Milicic will then be involved with um, MacArthur Ram. So it's it's... It's tricky times on all fronts. Absolutely. But well done to them. And we hope, we look forward to seeing them in the campaign. And we'll talk about that plenty more over the coming weeks. Looking ahead to the weekend as we wrap up, um, it's another huge weekend of Premier League uh, on Optus Sport. And a quick nod to the Friday Europa League as well, where there's a whole stack of games. But the one I'm most looking forward to is Lask Linz against Manchester United, where we'll see James Holland take on. the team he supported as a boy uh, and take on uh, Bruno Fernandes who he reminded me when I caught up with him this week for an article for the Optus Sport app uh, tore them to shreds for sporting in the group stage when they were leading 1-0 and then he put two assists and a, an assist and a goal and uh, showed his class there in this crazy Europa League he's having but the weekend we've got we kick it off on Saturday night with Watford against Leicester then we go into Brighton against Arsenal Again, I don't know if that game will go away as go on as we speak. Norwich against Southampton, Newcastle against Sheffield United, Manchester City against Burnley, Bournemouth against Crystal Palace, Aston Villa against Chelsea. Uh, Monday, the week begins with West Ham against Wolves, Tottenham against Manchester United, Tuesday morning, Everton against Liverpool. Gents, we're just going to finish off. I want to ask about United against Tottenham. We've spoken at length about Tottenham, but I just want to get your point of view on what Solskjaer is doing they have turned a corner, haven't they? Yeah, they signed a player that's turned the corner for them, yeah. I think. Uh, you know, it just shows that, you know, you, you, you get someone in with a winning... Obviously, he's got the quality, you know, we, we can't. And it was a player that they were missing. They were missing that 10, that, that link between the midfield and, and, and the forwards. Um, and, and, and the leader as well, you know, I think, John, you mentioned earlier that, you know, he, he's a guy that, um, you know, is there way after training, you know, working hard. He, he, and, and it is a young team. There's a lot of young players there and, and they need leaders. They need players that they, they can look up to. And, 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 you know, you look back at, you know, when Cantona was there, you know, you had all like Scholes, Beckham, uh, the Nevilles, you know, all of these players young at that time looking to Cantona who was there after training, practicing free kicks, you know, doing his drills. And that brought them along. And I think now you've probably got a player that can also you know, get like the Martials and, you know, you could, I could just imagine my, you know, some of them being a little bit, you know, you know, more about their phones and, and suddenly they get a guy that, that know what, what it's about. And, and, you know, it's definitely turned a corner for them. It takes the pressure off for those other players as well. That uh, you know, the the pressure is on Fernandez because he's so good and, he, and he's, he's fitted in so well. How good is he going to get? Because it's not easy to go to a different comp halfway through the season plus a different uh, style of football in terms of the way Solskjaer was playing in terms of when he was at sporting and to fit in seamlessly it's it's been uh, unbelievable really when you think about it but um, how much better is he going to get and how much better can United get well that, I was going to ask that I, I sometimes we get ahead of ourselves I mean Di Maria started well others started well at United but we have seen enough to go uh, this guy's not going to get dragged down into those other recruits he's actually going to lift the club up you think so yeah, you think that, um, you know, there's talk about uh, the sporting uh, 
coach said that uh, don't worry he's he's something that I've never seen before uh, Thomas spoke about how long he stays after training he used to stay after an hour after every session just doing his finishing and, and doing shooting and, and then the coach had to drag him off and then when you see that and you see that uh, what what that's doing for the players around him it's it just a different energy altogether at Man United now it's it seems like they got a belief now that they can beat anyone they've beaten Manchester City a couple of times this season already um, they've beaten other big sides in in the title well in the in the Premier League and now they've got that consistency in beating smaller sides and so uh, they can go a long way Champions League next year on this trajectory you know, I think so. You know, you look at uh, them and, um, you know, Chelsea going in the right direction and Tottenham sort of slowly just slipping slipping away. Um, and again, it, it'll be a huge uh, game for United, you know, just in that race uh, and for Tottenham as well, you know, going, uh, you know, the, the, the new stadium down there. You know, this uh, is a six-pointer, really, in, in, in the Champions League uh, place race. We will end with a, 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 the same theme to prominently that we talked about earlier. Imagine if Mourinho loses in the space of two to three weeks to Lampard, to Nuno, so his former captain, the Portuguese apprentice, Nagelsmann, the 32-year-old apprentice, and then Solskjaer, the guy that came in to clean it up after him at United. I'm sorry, but he does lead himself to storylines, doesn't he? It's too hard to avoid. Gents, thanks. It's been great. Spending time with you guys the last couple of days on the Champions League mornings. Travel safe. Be well. And thanks, uh, thanks, for your, thanks for your thoughts as ever. And to everyone out there, as always, there's so much football between now and the next Gagnapod, Europa League, Premier League. And uh, we're back with the Champions League in the next, uh, next couple of weeks. Next, next week, week, is it? Next week. Yeah, I've got to get my calendar right. Uh, as always, until the next Gagnapod, enjoy your football. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.